story four of gulliver the great and other dog stories by walter a dyer this librivox recording is in the public domain story four the madness of antony spatola if antony spatola had gone blind all at once without warning he would no doubt have been swept into an emotional tempest and have ended his life in some dramatic manner as it was he allowed himself the luxury of recurrent fits of wild terror and deepest melancholy but they did not end fatally the periods between ravings and silence were marked by irritability of temper and bitterness for the blindness came gradually leaving him no courage for self-slaughter nor any good reason for being pleasant antony had never been sweet-tempered that was one of the reasons why he had not prospered when a lady takes a brooch to a jeweller to be mended she does not like to be scolded for buying cheap workmanship antony in fact did not like ladies and he took but little pains to conceal his animosity another cause for the dull progress of his commercial career was an overpowering aversion for work in the early hours of the day this was usually dissipated by noon but seldom before that customers would come in the forenoon to inquire for promised work only to find it unfinished and antony in his shirt-sleeves sitting before his shop door his hands clasped over an unlovely rotundity that was generally concealed by the counter the vision was not alluring neither were the lowering looks and rumbling grunts which formed his answers to inquiries some people even went so far as to fear antony spatola in this mood antony blamed his ill success upon the american inability to appreciate good workmanship in one thousand watchmakers in this country he would say in one thousand watchmakers there are four masters only there was one other but he died an old man i knew him there are now three beside myself these people do not understand they do not know good work when they see it everything of the cheapest they must have what will it cost what will it cost ah and he would raise his palms and eyes toward heaven that he was a true craftsman was not to be gainsaid and when slowly darkness fell and he could no longer see clearly through the little magnifying glass thrust into his eye his despair was deep and genuine no longer to handle watch-wheels and jewellery delicate gold filigree and precious stones to make and to mend and to set right this meant the end of life for antony spatola no wonder he stormed and grieved by turns at least he was not left alone in fact antony was rather oversupplied with family due largely to the amazing vitality of the tall ample dark-eyed woman to whom after a passionate wooing long ago he had been married there were twelve of them in all or was it thirteen it was a mercy that some of them had grown old enough to leave home for there were still plenty of young ones left to get about underfoot only loretta seemed worth while heavy-featured witless loretta whom men did not desire for in spite of her slow-moving brain she had managed to learn enough to help her mother with the children and the manifold duties of the little household behind the shop and even to attend upon customers when the need arose and loretta's heart was warm and sound 
when the blackness at last closed in upon antony and work could no longer be accepted from customers mrs spatola and loretta went carefully over the stock and the books and came to an inevitable conclusion the amount of business transacted in the retailing of watches and jewelry was quite inadequate to pay their rent not to mention the purchase of food for a hungry family antony's capable wife did not hesitate she moved his chair to a sunny spot in the area outside the back door sold out the stock and fixtures to their rival at the corner and in five days had converted antony spatola's shop and jewelry establishment into a fruit store the townsfolk gasped at the suddenness of the transformation the dingy gilt watch was removed from its place over the door and from the hook was suspended a huge bunch of red bananas a polished copper peanut roaster whistled just outside in the windows appeared orderly piles of golden oranges and rosy apples where alarm clocks and watch fobs and brooches had formerly been displayed within the shop crates and boxes and barrels of berries fruits and nuts lined the walls and mrs spatola donned a white apron as proprietress with loretta as first assistant antony rebelled mildly at the change but he could not see it and only grumbled ineffectually loretta patted his shoulder and said we have a fine store papa we shall make good money next to loretta blind antony solace was gypsy a wire-haired fox terrier that isolo the cobbler had brought to him ten years before as a fuzzy puppy gypsy's mother had been all things to isolo and when the cobbler had left for the west he brought the puppy to his compatriot with the tears of farewell in his eyes vowing eternal friendship and they had never heard from him again at first gypsy had been an unmitigated nuisance about the place and antony drove him into the back rooms with hoarse roarings a dozen times a day but as he grew older he wriggled his absurd way into the watchmaker's heart and found one of its few tender spots now he was old as a terrier's life is reckoned and glad enough to spend his days beside the blind man in the sunny spot outside the back door he had no more interest in the fruit business than had his master jip are you there antony would cry when the darkness grew too much for him and the little dog would arouse himself stiffly and stretching place his forepaws on his master's knee up antony would command and gypsy the spring gone out of him would clamber laboriously up with much scratching of his hind paws for a foothold and compose himself as comfortably as might be on the inadequate lap then antony would talk to him sometimes of the sunny fields and vineyards of italy or of milan and the old watchmaker who had taught him his trade but more often he would pour into the dog's sympathetic ears his woes and grievances which were many and gypsy would raise his brows and look up adoringly into the puffy face and sightless eyes he never knew that antony was a misanthrope or that he was blind he only rejoiced that a kindly fate had so disposed matters that his master was able to spend much time with him in the sunshine now that his legs were stiff and rheumatic and his teeth troublesome under these circumstances it is difficult to imagine what possessed old gypsy to stray out upon the street during the noon hour and allow himself to be run down by an automobile 
doubtless it was a merciful death for it was prompt and conclusive and gypsy's remaining days bade fair to be few at best and full of suffering his old ears gave him no warning nor his old legs any chance for escape the great crushing thing bore down upon him swiftly and his loyal spirit escaped without a struggle loretta who was in the store while the family were at dinner rushed out wild-eyed and gasping and caught the poor muddy little form to her breast weeping hysterically she bore it in and laid it beside the melons and tomatoes moaning over it and rocking back and forth upon her knees mrs spatola's quick ear caught the unusual sound and she hastened in hush she cried taking in the situation at a glance do not let your father hear he must not know ah poor little gypsy a curse on all automobiles hush you fool don't make so much noise we will bury him to-night poor old gypsy but your father must not know he would go mad but antony had to know of course at least he had to know that no pattering feet answered his call and no moist little nose sought his hand where is that jip he roared have you shut him up somewhere what have you done with him send him to me so they took counsel together and told him that gypsy had strayed away and would doubtless soon be back it's a lie shouted the blind man make no jokes with me some one has tied him up he never goes away you are making jokes with me because i cannot see his voice trailed off into a plaintive whine for another day they kept up the deception with him and he rapidly became unbearable customers coming into the store heard him raving and turned inquiring eyes upon loretta and her mother it is the dog gypsy he wants explained mrs spatola in lowered tones an automobile killed him and antony does not know he will go mad that evening an idea came to the half-crazed mind of loretta it was not a prudent idea for loretta was not gifted with wisdom it was an idea born of desperation and the intolerable tension that unsettled the spatola household after nightfall she pinned a shawl upon her throat and stole out half a mile or more south of the centre of the town there is a fine old colonial mansion with white pillars along its front standing a hundred yards back from the road at the end of a magnificent avenue of elm-trees huge green balls of century-old box guard the house entrance and about the grounds there are plantings of shrubbery and evergreens at some distance behind are the kitchen garden and greenhouse the gardener's cottage and garage the stables and the long low building where dwell in luxury the aristocratic dogs of miss harriet ormondra under the care of bodley the english kennelman you have doubtless seen miss ormonde's photograph in the sunday papers with her fluffy chocolate-coloured pomeranian frou-frou in her arms and if you follow the news of the dog fancy you know all about her fox and scottish terriers of these the most marvellous is the wire-haired fox terrier champion rodney the second known from coast to coast whose blue ribbons and silver trophies would fill his comfortable kennel on one occasion rodney achieved that highest of all canine honours he was adjudged the best of all breeds at madison square garden in spite of all this rodney was no snob at the bench shows he is greedy of attention and will beg for the caress of the casual visitor as eagerly as your own duke or fido begs for his lump of sugar 
and in the streets of his own town he is a well-known character riding with his mistress when she goes to do her marketing and showing a most democratic desire to leap out and form the acquaintance of unclassified dogs about town often loretta had seen him when miss ormonde came in for fruit in her eyes he was the counterpart of gypsy though show judges might have formed a different opinion for gypsy was inclined to legginess and his ears were not according to the standard but loretta observed only the bright eyes and wiry coat of rodney and understood why miss ormonde loved him loretta now remembered rodney and the thought of him took the form of a resolve in her queerly ordered mind rodney was needed for the peace of the spatola household as rebecca had deceived isaac with jacob when the blind old man sought harry esau so would loretta deceive her father with the shaggy back and moist nose of rodney she made her way stealthily along the ormonde fence and into the yard keeping in the shadows of the trees and behind the rhododendrons and spireas fortune favoured loretta for the dogs had not yet been chained for the night and rodney was somewhere indoors skirting the house and service yard she at length found herself panting with fear and excitement beside the greenhouse and the long row of kennels she gave a low whistle and made a little kissing sound with her lips rodney the friendliest of all the ormonde dogs came trotting up expectantly his short tail wagging rapidly closely followed by waddling solemn-faced macbeth the grizzled scottish terrier loretta held out a trembling hand and rodney came up to her without hesitation she picked him up eagerly saying little soft crooning things to him and started back into the shadows at this macbeth gave voice to a loud deep bark of alarm quite out of proportion to his size and the other dogs catching the tone of it joined in a vigorous chorus bodley who from long association with dogs knew something of their language came hurrying up from somewhere anxious to learn the cause of the commotion loretta catching sight of him in the half-light of the open space in front of the kennels crouched breathless behind a clump of shrubbery hugging rodney desperately to her bosom the dog in protest against the unnecessary pressure let out a sharp bark his quick-eared companions answered vociferously and bodley started toward her peering sharply into the darkness loretta did not wait to be caught lurking there in a panic she started across the lawn toward the gate clasping more tightly her precious burden again the terrier spoke and bodley catching sight of her rapidly moving figure gave chase he took a more direct route to the gate and headed her off loretta finding her exit blocked stopped in terror awaiting his threatening approach she had not prepared herself to cope with such a situation bodley seeing it was a woman unclenched his fists and strode up to her what are you doing with that dog he demanded she did not reply nor could he wring any word from her you'll talk later said he seizing her by the arm come with me i shall telephone for a policeman loretta her knees nearly giving way beneath her offered no resistance but suffered herself to be led up to the big house they stood outside on the porch loretta still holding the dog as though her life depended upon it while a maid hastened to fetch miss ormonde that lady was inclined to be severe she questioned loretta angrily her indignation not softened by the culprit's refusal to make answer 
suddenly she reached out to take the now quiet rodney into her own arms loretta instinctively tightened her hold but bodley seized her wrist and she was forced to relinquish her prize then she sank in a graceless pathetic heap on the piazza floor and burst into loud and uncontrolled sobbing miss Omonde, annoyed and perplexed allowed her attention to be diverted from rodney and the warm-hearted little dog leaped from her arms and walked up to loretta his quick sympathies touched by her obvious grief placing his forepaws on her shoulder he tentatively licked her ear and loretta not knowing what she did put out one hand and laid it gently on his sturdy little back miss Omonde stooped down and tried to peer into loretta's face you are a spatola's girl said she loretta nodded her head why did you try to steal rodney asked miss Omonde. for papa replied loretta chokingly he is blind and he goes mad for gypsy for gypsy yes he was killed by an automobile papa does not know yet we needed another dog so that he would not know and would not go mad go home said miss Omonde, rising i know who she is she added to bodley the matter can wait till to-morrow loretta rose quickly and scuffled off down the gravel walk her shoulders still heaving convulsively in the morning miss Omonde's car drew up before the fruit store and a lady alighted mrs spatola came to the doorway a haggard look in her fine dark eyes did your girl tell you what happened last night inquired miss Omonde mrs spatola shook her head i only know she is half crazy she said we shall soon be a madhouse here a small spatola came toddling out from the back room and stood gazing up at the lady with big liquid eyes from the protection of his mother's skirts antony is blind continued the italian woman perhaps you knew now he goes mad because gypsy his little dog is dead and does not come to him the voice of antony spatola could be heard making its sonorous complaints in the rear may i see him asked miss Omonde. mrs spatola hesitated but the lady walked past her through the two small rooms behind the store redolent with garlic and out where antony sat untidy and grumbling in his chair good morning mr spatola said miss Omonde. her voice was half familiar but aroused no interest in him morning said he gruffly his wife and loretta and one or two children stood grouped in the doorway looking on wonderingly you are waiting for gypsy inquired the visitor antony looked up eagerly yes yes he cried i've called him and he does not come i cannot see and i do not know where they've hid him from me miss Ormonde stood thoughtfully silent for a moment a gypsy will not come any more she said quietly he is dead a gasping cry escaped loretta and mrs spatola hurriedly crossed herself antony half arose from his chair his sightless eyes staring horribly dead dead he cried then he sank back growling in his throat it's a lie you're making bad jokes with me no it is true asserted miss Ormonde quietly he was killed by an automobile he will not come any more it is best you should know dead cried antony in despair why did they not tell me and he broke off into plaintive italian great tears formed in his blind eyes and rolled down his puffy unshaven cheeks miss Omonde bit her lips wait a moment said she and turned back into the house 
he will not go mad now she assured the frightened wife and daughter he would have had to know some time it would have done no good to try to deceive him with another dog for he could have told the difference rodney is livelier than old gypsy she added turning to loretta he would have known at once no two dogs are alike and the blind have shrewd fingers then she went back through the store to her car leaving them standing in silent bewilderment presently she returned bearing in her arms a black and white terrier it was not rodney for rodney was worth a thousand dollars and was the pride of his mistress's heart it was bowker a little brother of rodney's who had developed a body too long and a muzzle too short for the show bench but who had inherited from his high-born parents much of his brother's winsomeness of character and because he had been such an adorable little imp of a puppy miss ormonde had kept him come she said let us see what effect bowker has upon him they passed back through the garlic-scented rooms again to where antony sat in deepest gloom his chin sunk upon his breast silently miss ormonde placed the terrier on the blind man's knees antony's head came up with a jerk and a sudden light came into his face he laid his sensitive skilful hands upon the dog's back and head felt of his paws his ears his nose then a red flash of wrath spread quickly over his countenance and he pushed bowker roughly off upon the ground you cannot fool me cried antony in a rage you cannot make jokes with me i cannot see but i can tell that is not gypsy no responded miss ormonde that is not gypsy for gypsy is dead but it is a dog very like gypsy he could take gypsy's place perhaps but antony would have none of it he rumbled out his bilingual abjurgations while his visitor waited patiently for the storm to subside bowker meanwhile unaccustomed to such repulses as he had received sat upon his haunches and gazed up in pained surprise at this strange big frightful man cocking his head a little at the hoarse tones of his voice then his native curiosity getting the better of him he stood up and cautiously approached the man did nothing except emit noises bowker came closer and sniffed tentatively at his trouser legs he detected something of absorbing interest there a man who smells of dog is to be neither feared nor hated bowker lifted his nose and sniffed higher then very gently he raised himself on his hind legs and placed his forepaws on antony's knee looking up inquiringly into the blind eyes the rumbling died out in antony's throat slowly he raised a groping hand and rested it for a moment on the dog's paws a little moist tongue came out and touched it antony's hand sought the hard little head and then travelled slowly hesitatingly down the shaggy neck bowker gave a quick spring and landed on antony's knees sniffing eagerly at his vest then with disconcerting suddenness he lifted his pert little head and caught antony under the fat chin with his cold bewhiskered nose antony drew back his head with a grunt that was almost a chuckle and bowker boldly stood up with his paws on antony's shoulder and sniffed at his ear not ungently the blind watchmaker took the mischievous head and drew it back to a spot less ticklish 
bowker sank down with a contented little sigh and fearsome antony wrapped his arms around him and forgetful of his audience bent down and kissed the little rascal impulsively between the eyes silently miss ormonde drew loretta and her mother within the doorway mrs spatola turned passionately to her and seized her hand god and mary bless you she cried miss ormonde did not answer she only smiled a little tremulously and patted loretta's shoulder and then hurried back through the store fearful lest they observe what was in her eyes End of story four.